0: Hello and welcome to the Speaking Out podcast from the New Mexico Coalition Against Domestic Violence. Our goal is to highlight our programs and the amazing work that they're doing around the state, provide discussion around the topics of domestic violence, and create an environment of education and empowerment for anyone that may be experiencing domestic violence. October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And this month, we're highlighting our staff members here at the New Mexico Coalition Against Domestic Violence. This episode features, well, me, Rochelle Fetters, Director of Communication and Membership, interviewed by Teresa Garcia. All right, well, thank you for joining us this
1: morning. And Rochelle, can you let us know when you started working for NMCADV
0: and what your position is now? Sure. So my name is Rochelle Fetters. I'm the director of communication and membership, and I actually started in September of 2020. So it's almost been exactly two years. Well, it'll be past two years at this point when this when this goes live. But I started as an administrative coordinator, and so basically I was just doing admin stuff. But I've been able to work myself up into this position just because like this is where my strong suits are and yeah, it's been really wonderful. I I love the work that I do. So as director of communications, my job is, you know, really putting us out there, you know, everything that's outward facing. So like this podcast, updates, like make sure you sign up for our newsletter so you know what we're doing. Social media, also make sure that you're following us and, you know, that kind of thing. But then I also take care of the membership piece, which is planning member meetings, making sure our members pay their dues, making sure they have the things that they need, answering their questions, and then also helping new members come on board. So yeah, so I love the work that I do. And I'm really happy to be where I'm at.
1: Where did your career start in DB, And what made you get into this line of work?
0: So I, this is my first job working directly in domestic violence, and really the the reason that I got into this line of work is because I'm just extremely passionate about it. I'm a survivor myself, and I just want to see change in the world. I don't want people to have to deal with what I went through, and so any way that I can use my gifts, my talents, my, you know, what I know how to do to help, that makes me feel extremely fulfilled. And so um, actually, I can thank Terry (laughs) for getting me this job. She was incredible for a long time. She was like, well, they don't have anything yet, but I'll let you know. And I definitely have you to thank for this. And I'm really glad to be here. But yeah, prior to that, I was self-employed. I had my own social media management business. I was working in film. Well, I still work in film now, but that's kind of what I was doing full time. And I was really excited to make the shift into, into the work here. What do you think is the most important aspect of your job? So I I think the most important aspect of what I do is highlighting our members. So our coalition is structured a little differently from some other coalitions where our responsibility is to our membership. And so I really take that philosophy into everything that I do. I really think about, well, how does this serve our members better? Is there something that I can do to make it easier, make it better? How can I highlight them and really showcase the work that they're doing? So, I really think that that is like the most important aspect of the work that I do.
1: What is something that you're really proud of or excited about right now that is happening at NMCADV?
0: I feel like we are growing and expanding, and like just since I've been here, and I think that that is amazing. Like, we're just really focused on what we can do to to grow and to help our membership better. And so, you know, we've been growing our training team and offering more training. There's more hands-on technical assistance for special projects. And then also, you know, we're expanding to this coordinated community response team in which is like, this is a way for us to really help build out the way that, you know, we deal with domestic violence in New Mexico. So I just think that we're growing in this way that is really exciting and really amazing and and yeah, I can't wait to see just all the things that we're gonna be doing.
1: What part of your work are you most passionate about?
0: So I think that I'm most passionate about helping get the work that our programs are doing out there. So by doing like this podcast and and like doing a thing like our advocate of the month and then like the spotlight in which we get to really showcase our members and what they're doing. I love it so much. Advocates are amazing people and the work that they do is so incredibly difficult, but it's, but it's so needed. Like I, I wouldn't be where I am today without the advocates that I had. They were just phenomenal women and they changed my life. They made me believe I could have something better. And yeah, I mean, I just want to Make sure that the people who are doing the work that they're doing here in New Mexico know how valuable they are. So that's what I'm really passionate about doing. And thank you for saying that because that is something really important, right? To make them
1: feel that they're valued and all of the work that they're doing because they truly are the people that are making the difference, right? For the survivor and making sure that the survivor has what they need and are really their person. If you could make one change, For our programs in New Mexico, what would that be?
0: So I think, yeah, for our programs, I would love to see more funding and more resources. They are doing the very best that they can with what they have. And, you know, survivors need so much when they are leaving an abusive situation. And a lot of our programs are really focused on helping their clients holistically. So that means like getting them All of the things that they need, all of the care that they need, and so no survivor is the same. They all need different things. Like they might need financial assistance. Somebody might need behavioral health assistance. Like somebody might need uh, like a child program because they have children and they need you know assistance on how to parent after trauma. You know they might need substance abuse counseling. There are so many things that they need. They might need lawyers. I know we talked about this on your podcast. And there is just so much that they need. It's not, it's not as simple as just giving them a place to stay. And so if they had the full resources available to them, that's only going to help our survivors, you know. And, and so I would love to see them have more funds and resources to be able to offer as much as they can to the people that they serve. If you could
1: make one change for survivors in New Mexico, what would that be?
0: That's a tough one, right? Because I, I think really it kind of boils down to the same thing. It's like I just want them to have more resources. And, you know, if I really had to pick one... Yeah. I mean, I I just, I think it comes down to more resources. Like I think that everybody needs different things. And so if there was transitional housing for, that's a big one I think in our state is having affordable housing for after they transition out of the shelter. You know, that's important as well as just transportation. Like there's certain parts of our state that don't even like there's no way to get a hold of anybody. There's no, there's no internet. There's no cell service. There is no transportation. And, and so I can't imagine being a survivor in a situation like that. So I just wish there was more resources in which we could just help a wider range of, of survivors. Now, if you had to choose one aspect of awareness to highlight,
1: what would that be and why?
0: So I'm going to cheat a little bit. <laughs> So my, my big thing is, is I feel like people need to know the indicators of abuse, like the red flags. Like these are things that you should look for if you are in a relationship with someone and you feel like it might be abusive. And the reason I feel that way is because when I found a list like that, it changed my life because I had no idea what I was going through. I felt crazy. I felt alone. I felt... I had been gaslit to the, the level of feeling like I was the problem, and I was so unhappy, and I had no idea what I was going through, and so for me to find that list and be able to check off every single one of those things was just mind-blowing, and it made me realize that I was like, oh, well, there's, you know, a much bigger problem here than I thought, and I, maybe I should, you know, get some help. And so thankfully, I found that list. So I would really like to take the opportunity to talk about some of those red flags, if that's okay. So some things that you can look for in a relationship that might be a red flag are that they want to move really quickly and progress to like moving in, marriage, children very quickly that they're like they love you on the second date like that is that is a marker that they might be manipulating you to get into a relationship or get you locked in faster and so that they can have what they want another thing is jealousy it's a normal human emotion for us to feel jealous What is not okay is to express that in unhealthy ways or to feel like they have ownership over you. So if they're an extremely jealous person, that is not an attractive quality. That is not an indication of how much they love you. That's how much they feel like they are entitled to you and other people are not. So that is a big one. That they manipulate, guilt, or coerce you to do things. So it could be as simple as every time... You want to do something, they talk you out of it. Or you don't want to do something and they talk you into it. So that is a big indication that they don't care about your feelings. (laughs) And so definitely a huge red flag. Another one is that they isolate you from your friends and family and people that are important to you. So this is oftentimes seen as that they're very disapproving of your family or your friends. And they kind of make you choose them over those people. And so that's that's a big red flag. Another one is sabotaging you. So ruining things that are important to you, like your job, taking time away from them, or just taking away things that you enjoy. So like, let's say that you have a big event in which you are being honored. Maybe they pick a fight with you and so that you end up not going to that event. That would be an indication that that could be an abusive relationship. Another one is belittling or criticizing you. If they're always picking at you and saying, you know, little things that you're doing wrong, it could be, it could even be guised as that they're joking. That was something that my ex-partner did was he would make really mean jokes about how incompetent I was, and so, you know, eventually I started to believe that I was incompetent. Another one is that they're very volatile, that you never know if they are going to be in a good mood or a bad mood, and you feel like you have to walk on eggshells in order to appease them, and you're just always afraid of saying or doing the wrong thing to set them off. That's not a good sign. And then another one would be deflecting responsibility. This is a really big one with abusers. Is that it is never ever their fault, and so they will always find someone else to blame for their behavior. And a lot of times it's going to be you. It's going to be your fault that you made them so angry that they did that. Or another one is that all their exes are crazy. If they if you hear that in the first few dates, run like, <laughs> <laughs> like that is a run, bad run. Go one. the other way immediately. <laughs> yeah, because they need to take some ownership of how things go in their relationship. And if all of their exes are crazy and you shouldn't ever talk to them, you should probably talk to them. And then the last one that I wanted to highlight is just betrayal. So like if they are someone who lies to you, cheats on you, breaks your trust on a repeated basis, they're undermining your sense of safety. And that is another big key to an abusive relationship. So I know that this was really long, but I just really think it's so important that we know as we're going out there, we're dating people, that these are things that we should be looking for. You know, these are behaviors that if you feel a red flag, then most likely that's what it is. And, you know, in a, in a healthy relationship, you'd be able to say, hey, I notice that you're doing this, like, I notice that you're really jealous about me hanging out with my friends. Can we talk about this? Because my friends are really important to me, and I'm concerned that this is an unhealthy behavior. In a healthy relationship, that person would change that behavior, or at least, you know, acknowledge that, like, hey, maybe I did mess up and I'm really sorry you know, and so just being aware of these things so that you can talk. And if, if they're not willing to look at themselves and their behavior, then that's, that tells you a lot. I think Thank that's you all
1: I for naming all of those, because it's important, right? Um, a lot of people don't recognize that, oh, it's just moving quickly, but that is a red flag. It's like, why not court a little bit, you know, get to know the person, like, there's really no rush if you are really interested, right? Like, take the time to get to know them. And like you said, If something comes up and it bothers you or your intuition kicks in and it doesn't feel right, you should definitely be able to bring it up to your partner to talk about it and have a conversation, right? And if that then causes an argument, then maybe that's another red flag, right? You should be able to have that conversation. So thank you for naming those for the podcast if anybody's listening. So as we move in with all of the amazing work that you're doing and that you do every single day and for our programs, our members, our community and supporting staff, how do you take care of yourself?
0: Yeah, so this is one I'm still learning. It's a tough one. I think really what I do is I prioritize myself and by I really like I give myself time. I wake up super early in the morning so I can give myself dedicated time to where I can meditate, journal, um, you know, move my body a little bit, whether that be, like, yoga or working out or whatever. Taking a walk. I love walks. I get some of my best thinking done then. I also love to do work on myself. You know, I'm always reading some kind of book about all kinds of things, spirituality, like, self-development, that kind of stuff. I also love cooking and baking, and so that's something that I really, really enjoy. Spending time with my family and friends and my, my pets is something I also really enjoy. Playing games with my friends. Um, I was a part of a and d group for a while and that was a lot of fun. So I, you know, I really enjoy playing games and, and then doing that with the people that I love. And then, yeah, just like working towards my filmmaking goals and being creative, you know, like doing just kind of whatever creative thing I'm feeling at the moment. So like painting or crocheting or I'm learning the ukulele for just for fun and then of course like writing and and making my films and acting and stuff like that so as long as I'm doing like a good balance of those things every day it makes me feel good it makes me feel filled up so that I can keep doing the work that I do thank you so much Rochelle We want to thank our programs that work tirelessly across the state to support those affected by domestic violence. Each and every staff member, advocate, therapist, and supporter is important. We appreciate you. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, there is help available. Please call the hotline at one 800 799 safe or 1-800-799-7233 or visit their website on a safe device at www.thehotline.org Love our conversations? Make sure to subscribe, rate, and share our podcast. You can submit questions and feedback to Rochelle at nmcadv.org Thanks for listening in.